You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. It's officially Super Bowl week. Um... You know, a uh, week off to a, a rough start this week. We'll more on that in a little bit. Uh, but it is a big week. Keep me and Kevin going to be bringing out all the big things from this weekend's NFL headlines, as well as the fact that the biggest game of the year is in five days. Uh, we are very excited, and let's get to it. Um, first off, and you know, now it being Tuesday, everyone's heard of this already, but unfortunately, uh, Kobe Bryant, the NBA legend, one of uh, my favorite athletes of all time, and that to a lot of people as well, an icon of basketball and everything else he touched in this world, uh, passed away to, and with his daughter, Gianna, seven other passengers on a helicopter crash <clears throat> in Calabasas on Sunday. Um, it was really odd for me because <clears throat> I had to text my buddy. He goes, Kobe, though. And that's our my boy Jeffrey, loyal listener of the show. <clears throat> and... Um, I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, it's my boy. What, what, what's going on with Kobe? And he didn't answer. So I got on Bleacher, uh, Bleacher Report. They had nothing. Twitter, I just start scrolling. I'm like, oh, God, please don't tell me this is real. <clears throat> and um, it was, unfortunately. And um, it's even more horrible that uh, Gianna was lost as well. Um, you know, it, it sucks for all of us. Uh, you know, I grew up idolizing Kobe for so many things, the things he did right on the court and off of it for training, motivational speaking, business, whatever. Um, yeah, you know, every, every athlete has, uh, has some things in their past, you know, that make them imperfect, but that just makes human. And, um, <clears throat> the biggest thing I remember about Kobe and the thing I heard the most about him the past 72 hours is that, uh, how much he loved his daughters and his wife and how much of a, a, a dad he'd become and how involved he became in their lives and <clears throat> how big of a, a guy he was for the uh, the uh, development of women's basketball and how much people adored him through the NBA and through basketball itself and even sports fans in general. I, of course, you know, love him more one because I appreciated his – the mama mentality. It was, uh, you know, take no prisoners, um, you know – no excuses, just results, work harder. It's the whole killer instinct. And it's it's something that <clears throat> I think people really need to understand about life is that Kobe from the from like the second guy in the NBA was all about wanting to be the best and be better than Michael. And he even post basketball, he still wanted to be the best at whatever he did. The guy won a damn Oscar. Like it's, it's unbelievable. <clears throat> and the one thing that's been really, really, uh, really great to see is the amount of outpouring in love and support and like everywhere I see it's a Kobe tribute video. And, you know, the first, uh, first night it was hard watching all that stuff, but, um, at, now there's a petition going around for the, uh, NBA to, uh, change the logo to a, an image of Kobe Bryant which I actually am very okay with. I mean, they've been talking about it for years. 
<clears throat> in all respect due to Dr. Dr. West, uh, Dr. Uh, is it Dr. Just Jerry West. Jerry but, West. Just yeah, I, I thought he was. I got confused. Dr. Bus for a second. Um. Anyway, um, all due respect to Jerry West, Kobe is one of the greatest athletes ever to walk the earth, and I think unfortunately because of the tragedy of his death and how much he did for the game of basketball, I think it's very fitting that the league changed its logo to Kobe. With his jumper, his dunk in the dunk contest, that image of him cutting through the lane, whatever. Just something that signifies Kobe, <clears throat> I think is going to be perfect. <clears throat> uh, Kev, I'll um, open it up to you right now. Uh, what was your reaction about uh, Kobe Bryant? One thing, I don't think Jerry West would really care if they changed the logo to Kobe. Oh, like, he no, would no, care if he, he was. I'm just saying that, like, even though he's no, the logo. I know you're saying like with all due respect to him but he hates being the logo he'd probably be singing in the streets if they changed it yeah but i'm gonna go away from my reaction real quick because it was very sad it's weird to think about that kobe's no longer here and jared i want you to bear with me right now listeners at home or in the car wherever i want you to bear with me i don't want you to suddenly turn this podcast off and give us a one-star rating i hate kobe bryant I know where you're going with this because I know I, you and I've been friends with you for so long. <clears throat> I grew up a Celtics fan. He yep. won five rings with the Lakers. I hate Kobe Bryant. Hated with a hate burning him. passion. Yes, but no. In terms of basketball, I still hate him. And all this outpouring of love, I think it was tragic. I think Kobe Bryant was good for the game. I think he was a good father, good husband. I think he did a lot of good in the world. But I still hate him. And I've never met Kobe Bryant. I wish I had. I think he'd want it that way. I feel like Kobe's kind of person where if you hate him, he uses that as motivation and says, you know what? F you. I'm going to be better because you hate me just to annoy you. No, every and I'm time. not suddenly going to change. <clears throat> oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't expect you to I'm change. not suddenly going to change my opinion on him because he died. Yes, it's sad, and I'm not saying that. But in terms of basketball only, I still hate Kobe Bryant. <clears throat> Well, as a Celtics fan, it'd be like it'd be like unfortunately, hopefully this doesn't happen. It'd be, unfortunately, it'd be like a Dallas Cowboy passing away tragically. I would say, like football wise, I despise the guy, but I respected him for his gift to the game and also like you know the fact that unfortunately he died in such a tragic way and as a human itself. But <clears throat> now I get what you're saying, Kev. Um, one of the best things I heard about is this story I heard all the time from Jay Williams, ESPN analyst. And he had a great – if you haven't seen what he said, I'm not going to summarize it for you because you have to hear it yourself. But he had a great speech on ESPN when the first thing came out. But um, <clears throat> the story he always tells is the time he was playing the Lakers. It was like 02 or 03 whenever they were still on that huge run. And um, he goes to the gym. Jay Williams does about like, you know, he said like sometime in the morning. And, he's shooting, and Kobe's there shooting. <clears throat> And Jay Williams is, you know, it's two hours later, Jay's still shooting. He's, like, dying. He's out of breath. And Kobe's just sitting there going and going and going. So they get to the game, and the late, and he drops, like, 40. And they um, – Jay Williams walks up to him after and goes, hey, man, wh- why why were you there? Why did you put so much effort in? And he goes, I wanted you to know that I was going to outwork you to win. And I'm like – that's the most amazing quote I've ever heard in my life, and I, a story in my life. I love it, and I love every second of it. And that's why I think I started, as I got older, started loving Kobe more and more because I loved <clears> – <throat> he wasn't just 
flash and relying on his talent. The guy worked so hard to be the best at what he did. When his athleticism went, he became a shooter. He developed, he got even better at shooting. When it was like, you know, he went and took a year off and was able to, you know, to get surgery to get back in the game. And he shot two free throws on a blown Achilles. The only thing I can think of, and this is even me being biased, is Wentz throwing a touchdown at a torn ACL or JJ finishing a game. There was, a couple, it was, there was another guy. Um, I think it was Tony Romo throwing a touchdown pass to the lacerated spleen or, some, or kidney or something like that. Something insane. Uh, Gregory Campbell and the Bruins breaking his leg on the ice and then finishing oh, yeah. his shift. I was just thinking, like, there's a hockey player I know for a fact from the, from the Northeast who did something crazy. So, yeah. <clears throat> In basketball, you never hear things like that. And Kobe, with a blown Achilles, basically makes you immobile walking. Um, shooting free throws and then walking. Yes, basically shooting free throws. And he hit them both, which is insane. So, uh, uh, you got to respect the legend. I've said that you guys know where I put Kobe all time, right behind 23, and that's where he'll he'll stay in my mind. And I think just his his he's just a gift to basketball and the world itself. So, <clears throat> a couple quick notes before we move on to some football coverage is uh, one the Lakers Clips game, which was tonight, is being moved to uh, a later date. I think this is a good I – th- I think it's a really solid idea by the Clippers and Lakers to let the city mourn a little bit. Um, I am loving that I see all these paper baskets and everyone – it's saying, you know, to yell on it. And I'm like, that's great. I even shot one. I airballed it uh, in my room just before we started. So, But um, I suck at basketball. But what, what are you going to do? Um, before we move on, did you see the Tracy McGrady interview about this? I did not. <clears throat> It might be one of the weirdest interviews I've ever seen. And it's something Tracy McGrady said. It's He was talking about something Kobe said when he was younger. Tracy McGrady said, he used to say, he being Kobe, all the time, I want to die young. I want to be immortalized and, you know, have my career be better than Michael Jordan, and I want to die young. And I feel like it's so weird that whenever someone says that, says they want to die young, or they think they're going to die young, it happens. That's so eerie. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, I just I actually heard it, uh, a Kobe interview on Dan Patrick. He I was listening to DP on the way to the gym on my day off on Monday, and uh, I listened to the whole interview driving, sitting in traffic, and it just it amazed me as a journalist hearing Kobe because he just he didn't interview. He had a conversation with the people he interviewed with, and it was so cool, and it just shows how much of a constant professional he was. And hearing all the projects he was working on, this was like two, I interviewed like a year and a half, two years ago. So rest in peace, um, Kobe. Um, Mama mentality forever. I don't got any Kobe's right now because, you know, a little ball on a budget. But all I have is a pair of Kobe shorts, and I wrote 8 and 24 in the back of my gym shoes. So a little Mama mentality uh, rec- um, honor right there. But all right, so <clears throat> let's uh, get moving here. Next up, we got a little baseball news, Kev, and I, a lot of teams have been busy this offseason, and it's not even the teams you'd assume. So uh, Nick Castellanos uh, is signing with the um, – is going to the Cubs. I mean, not Cubs. Uh, going from the Cubs to the um, Reds. And another an, uh, former All-Star outfielder who still honestly had a, his best career year last year. Um, I went and actually looked at the numbers. But uh, Starling Marte is going to uh, Arizona. And – 
Kev gave me some crap before the show yesterday. He's like, oh, it's not really big news unless you're an Arizona fan. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. But apparently ESPN wrote – ESPN and uh, a couple other sites on Bleacher Report were like, oh, this is a big deal. It makes him a contender. And I, I started looking at the Arizona's lineup and – you know, L.A. Dodgers still have a payroll, have a wall the size of the Grand Canyon, but <clears throat> we always are a thorn in their side. I don't know. As a Diamondbacks fan, it makes me optimistic. Shores up our outfield um, with him, Calhoun, and uh, David Peralta. We can move Marte back to his natural position of second base. Uh, Escobar, Ahmed, Christian Walker. It's not a bad lineup, actually. But, um... Yeah, so that's uh, the baseball news. God, I don't, a, uh, can, I, can I affer, like reiterate my point so people don't just think I'm dumb? I don't think this was a bad move for Arizona. Oh, I no, think I it's a good say, move. I, that's what I, was, what I was trying to imply. Okay, but I do think the biggest importance is this move. Because you said he's a former All-Star. He was an All-Star once in 2015 and a Gold Glove winner in 2015-2016. I think this move, the importance of this move is setting the market for other outfielders, guys like Mookie Betts, and there were a couple others who are on the trade block. I think this kind of sets the market more for them. See, yeah. oh, they got this for Sterling Marte, so we can get this. Yeah, well, here's the other thing. You see what their Arizona gave up? They gave up, like, peanuts for them. It was their ninth and 11th. It was, like, their ninth-ranked hitting prospect, their 11th-ranked pitcher. <clears throat> Which I'm, I looked at that, I'm like, wait, that's it? I, I, I know as a ninth-ranked hitter, I think the pitcher was ranked even lower. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. I'll take Marte for a two-year rental. <clears throat> oh, we didn't talk about this before, but there was other baseball news this week. Go Did on. you see this? No, I did not. The NL is trying to get the DH by 2021. I don't know how I feel about it. I am all for it. Well, you're also an a, a fan of an AL team, so you're used to it. Yeah, but also I think people who argue like, oh, baseball purity, oh, we want pitchers. Why? So you can watch like Bartolo Colon hit but one I kinda home run? Well, I, okay, so I at least want to see one year of mad bum hitting dangers in Arizona. But like <clears throat> I also miss the day – like bat, I also like love – like it's it's kind of a really cool thing you see pitchers hit dangers. Like Micah Owings, Zach Ranke, Madison Baumgartner, Dontrell Willis, all these guys could hit. Greg Maddox. And I think that's kind of cool. It's kind of a lost start. I think that's one of the things I, I think I'll miss. I'm not opposed to it, but I'll, it's it's got me feeling weird. If that makes sense. I think that you should rewrite the rule where if you – you can have a DH or you can have your pitcher hit. But if you decide your starting pitcher is hitting before the game, any relief pitcher you have has to hit too when they come in. Yeah, that, then that would just be – everyone would be like, yeah, no, our starting our starter can hit, but basically it's not worth it. We'll just have the DH hit. But that does also make the bench, like, not as deep because now you have to have a designated DH on every team, which is going to give a lot more of, like, you know, good hitting, crappy fielding, infielders and outfielders a position. So, I mean, that I, I guess I could see why that's a good thing. I mean, also, though, it'll give guys at the end of the career, their career who can still hit a chance to keep playing. So, like, the Edwin en- like Encarnacion now, A-Rod towards the end of his career, Big Poppy for most of his career. No, he's an okay first baseman. If Big Poppy was a fielder, he would have been done long ago. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, but, yeah, no, I could see it. <clears throat> I mean, you know, guys like Goldschmidt. Who, who, Goldschmidt's a gold glover now, but 
couple years, he might be good for him as well. It worked for pool holes toward the end of his career, too. Um, I don't know. I like it. I think it's a good idea. It's also going to mean home run. Uh, home run guys in the NL are going to play longer, so you're going to have a lot more guys coming close to A-Rod, Willie Mays, Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Bonds, so, and Griffey. So it might be nice to kind of see that. <clears throat> All right, uh, NFL stuff. One, Kev, the Pro Bowl wasn't terrible. I'm not going to front. It, I'd give it a solid six. It was, it was better than years past. Just a yeah, comment. To be honest with you, I didn't really watch the Pro Bowl. I mean, I watched like a third of it, and I saw the Fletcher Cox touchdown, which made me very happy on a day. I was very upset. And I saw Christian Kirk wanting nothing to do with tackling Fletcher Cox, and I'm like, yeah, I don't blame you, buddy. But it was kind of fun to watch. And <clears throat> I mean, there was like some sacks, and it, it did look kind of fun. The senior bowl was pretty entertaining, too. Justin Herbert played amazing. And I, I got to watch that love kid from uh, Utah State, who I think is going to be very good. I think he helped his draft stock a lot as well. Oh, yeah, by the way, my first mock draft will be coming out in two or three weeks. <clears throat> but uh, football news. Uh, first off, the Chargers have officially moved on from Phillip Rivers. Uh, Rivers has been playing for that team since 2004 when they did that little draft day trade with the Giants uh, for Manning. <clears throat> Honestly, it makes sense, though. With Rivers, I think it's kind of his type of quarterback's kind of done. Like now you need to at least be a semi-improviser or you need to not make a single mistake. And I think with Rivers, um, he makes a lot of mistakes and he's about as mobile as a uh, iceberg in the middle of a frozen ocean. So I just think it's it's time for it. Rivers just to retire. I, I don't really want to. It's going to be weird trying to. See, I don't think any team's going to pick him up, honestly. So there were rumors the Bucks might. Honestly, though, that's a horrible <laughs> idea. I know, but I'm thinking, who's the worst interception throwers in the league? Oh, Rivers and Winston. I mean, it'd be kind Maybe of funny if Bruce Arians try to tool with Phil Rivers and just be like, "Yeah, man, just chuck it deep. We'll see what happens." He Philip Rivers did move back to Florida with his family. Yeah. If the Dolphins pick up a quarterback, but don't think they're ready to start day one, I can see them trying to bring him in on a uh, as it, deal. Uh, I have them picking my mock draft, um, Mr. Tua. So okay, yeah, Philip Rivers, year one. I think it's interesting though that the Chargers got because Tyrod Taylor and Easton stick. Unless they're going to draft a quarterback. That's like, I think they are going to, I think I could really see them going with um, reaching on Jacob Eason. Or uh, Justin Herbert, whoever's available. I would I love th- it if they take Eason and then they have Jacob Eason and Easton stick. <laughs> so the, the craziest thing is, is that I had them taking Herbert, but I could also see like a guy like Eason sitting uh going behind them to Carolina at eight. I had your boy Jerry Judy going to the Jags at nine. But um I wouldn't hate it. I, I think mean, they need a quarterback still. Yeah, I know, but they're kinda of stuck with Foles for another year or two. I think they'll go quarterback next year. I've seen some mock drafts that have two of falling that far. I don't think he's going to fall that far. It's unless we're gonna have like a Laramie Tunsil situation where somebody's gonna find a tape of Tua, you know Doing something like, you know, driving a motorcycle drunk. I don't think we're going to ever see him fall any farther. I think the injury thing is like whoever picks him knows 
they're going to have to have him sit for a year or like almost a full season before he can even like begin to practice. So I think everyone understands that. I think if he is a setback though. Yeah, that's I think the one other thing. Like he's already yeah. growing. It's true. Mm. It's not even April. You, said April. you said April was the when he could start throwing again. Yeah. That was when you were now he's it. not doing drills or anything, but he's out there throwing a football and stuff. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> uh, also, speaking of older quarterbacks, Drew Brees was at the uh, Pro Bowl, and he said he would let um t- the team know the team in the NFL know what his decision was about retirement and such in about a month. Um, I, if Breeze goes, they said that Taysom Hill is the quarterback of the future. Our good buddy Sawyer Collins is probably doing a backflip hearing that because of his love. And you are too, because you guys both love Taysom Hill. But, uh, I don't know. Breeze has put up a great career. I think that whole generation of quarterbacks, I'm just waiting for Big Ben to croak, not croak, but his career to croak. But if it wasn't for how bad Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges were, I think like it's going to give him at least one more year under center for the Steelers. What do you think about Breeze? I think um, I think he still has it. I think he can play another year or two if he wants. Yeah. But I think I think now you have a good, pretty good young core. I feel like they're going to want a quarterback to also kind of – go in with them next generation one or or two more years with breeze i don't think they're going to win a super bowl unless the refs stop screwing them in playoffs and they stop choking away playoff games it's kind of a hat and a hat with that yeah but i think i think it might be better for the saints they'll have a down year but i think one down year for future success might be worth it if breeze decides to retire yeah i think that might be the best solution for them at this point because i think with breeze you lose two things if you keep Breeze in the lineup. One, his arm strength is not what it used to be. Even it was, it was a good. He had a good arm, but like it wasn't like elite. And now you're starting to see like the ball starting to die a little bit. Like all of his, all of his throws are like under 30 yards, which I mean in that offense is clever. It's, it works, but I also thought the Saints, like you, you saw against the uh, Vikings, they just looked. It just didn't look like they had the punch anymore. No, because I think should, also that, losing Mark Ingram. Oh, yeah, I think that I, – I said at the beginning of the season, everyone looked at me like I was on crack, and I'm like, you guys realize, like, a lot of Camara, Camara's punches because you got to worry about marking or, like, being on the field and running you into the ground. And you saw I mean, what he did I, over in Baltimore. I agreed with you. I thought they'd do better, and oh, they I'm did. Refer- I'm referring to a host of the Corner Out podcast, Savannah Dean. Well, yeah, but also if it was the Packers – You'd be on crack or something. Oh, my God. I I love that you guys still go at each other on Twitter. It still brightens my day. Well, she should stop tweeting dumb stuff. No, I told her to not stop tweeting dumb stuff. It's good for ratings. She's our Skip Baseless, and I I love it. I guess that makes me Shannon, but damn, I mean, I do like Henny, but I'm, the Black and Miles ain't my style anymore. That's that's college, Jared. But I, I have no problem yelling at Orlando Skandrick for 20 minutes, though. That'd be great. All right, um, but that about wraps up for all the headlines. It's time, folks, 
for the Super Bowl 54 preview. Kev, are you as excited for this game as I am? No. I I, I feel like there's a – I'm pissed my Patriots aren't in it, part of this, but I'm excited for three reasons. One, I get to see Big Red back in the Super Bowl. Two, I get to see Mahomes in the Super Bowl. And three – it's two teams that we never see. I mean, the Niners, yeah, but th- that was that Kaepernick-Harbaugh team. They irked me because Jim Harbaugh bugs me. And I was rooting so hard for Ray Lewis to get one more title. But um, this – I just – it's going to be a great game. And it's – the craziest thing is I was watching Good Morning Football this morning while I was getting ready for work. And I'm like – there's and Kyle Brandt was talking. He was like, yeah, I can't figure – there's this or this or this going to happen. <clears throat> He's going on both sides about why his team could win. And I'm like, you know, he's right. And I got to thinking. <clears throat> Kev, the Niners' defense is known for the front seven, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my boy, Nikki B, Bosa, um, Eric Armstead, um, D Ford, DeForest Buckner, just four insanely large human beings. And then you have the two, probably two of the fastest linebackers in the league with Quan Alexander and Fred Warner. Who <clears throat> play sideline and sideline, and then you have Sherm in the back end. But that's it, just Sherm. So it got me thinking. Um, who uh <clears throat> is uh who, who's um Sherm gonna cover? They gonna just go to cover three because uh, Mahomes can pick that apart too. So what I think this game hinges on is we all know the Chiefs can't run the football. They, they do these little scat runs with Damian Williams to change up, but they really can't establish a true running game. Are they just going to say, all right, four-man rush, and can they get home on Mahomes? Can they hit him? Because if they get Mahomes, get at Mahomes, I think the Niners can win this game because they can control clock. They can do essentially what I said that the Colts did in the regular season and the Titans did for the first half. The Titans did for the first half. First quarter. And the Texans did for the first, like, five, ten minutes. Control the clock. Put up points. The problem is, though, you cannot let up on them because that offense is so electric, so fast-paced, and so explosive that one missed tackle can blow the whole game open. And the craziest thing is, my offense with the Niners, they can beat you with Kittle or their running game, or even G- Jimmy G, who I swear to God gets no respect. And I put him as a top 15 quarterback. I've had him in there all year. And the thing is, I've watched the t- the tape. He doesn't need to beat you, but he can because he's skilled enough where Belichick thought he could be Brady's replacement. That should just tell you all you need to know because Belichick, yeah, his drafting may not be great, but... He does value quarterbacks pretty well, and uh, Jimmy G is a great quarterback. So, and during the midseason where like half of the team was injured, he carried them some of those wins, most of those wins. So, I think this. I'm not going to make my pick today. Neither is Kev. Um, I think this game is really going to come down to can the Niners get at Mahomes early and keep the foot on the gas until it's too late. That's what it's going to come down to because I think if Mahomes can get the ball out into that secondary, Sherm can't cover anybody. And the fact is they've been trying to find who's that number two corner all year. 
And now this is where it's all going to come to – all of foam's going to come to the top here. Kev, what do you think of the game? I agree with you that I think it's going to come down to one thing, but I don't think the 49ers' defense is an issue. I think, yes, Patrick Mahomes is still good, but I think he still hasn't looked exactly the same since he dislocated his knee, justifiably. I think he's going to – he's not as mobile as he used to be. I think, though, it's going to come down to can the Chiefs stop the run? Yes, they held Derrick Henry to, what, 69 yards? Uh, yeah. But Derrick Henry is between the tackles, power back. He had that 99-yard run. He can break it out, but that's not his game. The 49ers have Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, Mostert, however the hell you Mostert. pronounce that. And then you, that you're hard to press top all three of those. And then Devo Samuel is fast and a pretty good runner himself. And so is Emmanuel Sanders. And the Chiefs, yes, they improved their run defense. The last three, 95.7 yards a game. Part of that is because of the 69 to Derrick Henry. But they were ranked 25th <clears throat> in rush defense this year, giving up 123.9 yards. And I think that's a big concern for this team going into the game. I think Andy Reid's probably game planning for it. But in not really worrying about the pass as much, I think if they focus too much on the run, it's Jimmy G is a good enough quarterback and he has good enough weapons. He can get it out and let them make plays. So you're thinking it's the nine. Okay. You know, it's so funny with this game. I'm so susceptible right now thinking of how I'm going to pick. And originally I had chiefs, but now I'm not sure because Everything you said just made complete sense to me, and because you're completely right, zone re, zone running is a whole different animal than power running. Zone running can hit any gap. There's no set hole, and there's a lot of misdirection. And I mean, yes, the Chiefs defense is better than the Packers run defense was. The Packers have maybe worst run defense this year. I don't know what the rankings are, but they got to be towards the bottom. Can you look that up or no? I, I have it in front of me. I'm looking for him right now. I was, I was hoping you'd do that. So. 26th, so yeah. right below uh, Kansas City. However, part of it, again, is the last game really screwed this up because they gave up 220 to Most Raheem on their own. Yeah. But So that's 188.7 of their last three given up. Mm-hmm. But 128.7 overall compared to the Chiefs. 123.9. So, yeah, it's it's going to be more of the same. I don't know. It's going to be a weird game. I don't know what to expect. I just really hope it's not like it's not like last year or like Seattle-Denver. I just want a good game. That's fair. And that's really all I get because, I, I mean, the problem is we're kind of caught in this weird infrastructure right now. We could talk for hours and hours about the game and stuff like that. And about how, you know, it's, it's crazy how last year we had Gronk in the Super Bowl, and now we have the two two of the three best tight ends in the league are back in it again. And it, it's kind of cool because, you know, we've got George Kittle, who's this newcomer. we got Travis Kelsey, who's been one of the top five tight ends for the last, uh, I don't know, four, five, six, five, six years. Yeah, I'd say four. Four, yeah, okay. So, yes, yeah, 2016 through now. Um. <clears throat> I love it. I, I love every second of this. I think that 
I think this matchup's interesting because I think it's going to be high scoring. I, I seriously have it in the 30s for both teams. I, I don't think it's going to be Philadelphia-New England again, but it's going to be very similar where it might start slow. The one, Here's the other thing I just thought about, Kevin. Kansas City better not start slow, though. Because they can just – because San Fran can just start T.O.P.ing them the entire time just to hold the ball and run it every play. And if Kansas City starts slow, this may get ugly. Or it may not get ugly, but it may be like a lot of points to eat up in about, I don't know, half. So I don't know. This game has me so hype. I still – I'm resending my Chiefs pick right now that I had two weeks ago. I think right now I'm kind of just like pulling everything back. I did pick them – in the beginning of the season to win the Super Bowl, but that was against Philadelphia, whose defense is a little different. So, <clears throat> Also, in case any Chiefs fans are listening and get mad at me, I'm not saying you can't argue Travis Kelsey is a top-five tight end from before four years ago. I'm saying he's definitively a top-five the last four years, high on the top-fives. Before, I think you can make an argument, Gronk, Ertz, um, Eifert for a while. Uh, even uh, what's-his-face from... Um... Uh, Jimmy Graham five years ago maybe it was like the last year of his dominance Jimmy Graham Antonio Gates wasn't as explosive but still was consistent five years ago yeah um what's his face um shit. Aaron Hernandez <laughs> uh Kev I love you buddy um what's his oh, it's gonna kill me I can't think what of team was he on uh oh Vernon Davis Okay, yeah, Vernon Davis. Um, Mercedes Lewis, too. I mean, never really top five. He's a top ten tight end. Virgil Green had that one year in 2013 when he was on that stacked offense. No, Julius Thomas, I mean. Yeah, Julius Thomas. Yeah, everyone thought he was elite for like a minute, and then like because they realized. Because he was surrounded by Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, Wes Welker, Emmanuel Sanders, and a paid quarterback. So basically, he just had to get open. Pretty much. I remember he had three touchdowns in the open. I'm like, who's this Julius Thomas guy? That's all you need, one season, and then you're set for life. Basically. I don't think he's in the league anymore, is he? Uh, he might be. He was on the Jaguars right after. Uh, um, I think he was on the Dolphins for a couple years. No, one year. He was out of the league in 2017. I was right on the teams, though. Good job. <clears throat> all right so uh you guys uh so we got la- what do we got left on the dock we got a last that about wraps up for super bowl coverage for today folks uh we'll be back on wednesday on thursday night recording friday show we'll make our picks some bold predictions and by the way guys we're gonna do some fun stuff this week we're gonna do some prop we're gonna make some calls on prop bets for maybe um uh national anthem length um, malfunctions during the Super Bowl halftime show, if it's going to be good or not, you know, we're going to have some fun with it. So, uh, look forward to that as well. We might have a couple, we might have a guest come through or not. We haven't decided yet, but Kev, what do you got for us? Before we get into weird shit in sports, Jared, I have a question for you. Shoot. Do you like podcasts? I mean, I record them, so not really, but I guess. Do you like all your favorite podcasts in one place with latest shows and the ability to review them. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing! Well, I have the place for you. Head over to podchaser.com 
set up an account. You can see all your favorite Belly Up podcasts. And while you're there, just why not leave us a quick five-star review just because you love us so much. And tell us how amazing we are and how much you love the two of us as a duo. Exactly. So, with that being said, we're on to some weird shit in sports. It's not that weird, and this story's been circulating, but we're going to stick with kind of the Kobe theme for this episode. Lou Williams tweeted out that after the Lakers lost so badly, Kobe Bryant took all their Kobe sneakers they had, threw them in the trash, and told them, you're not allowed to wear these, y'all are too soft. I saw this story, and I wanted to just cry hysterically. I'm like, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. That just sums up Kobe. I love it. It's the perfect Kobe moment. Oh, my God. It's great. And you know what? For a guy who, you know, I mean, hopefully I can get a pair of the Kobe ones. If you all know anybody who's not trying to upsell them, which is horrible at this time. But I've been trying to get a hold of a pair of Kobe ones for a a couple of months now, so... Why not get some Kobe 2s, though? Yeah, but Kobe 2s are weird. They have that weird cross strap over the tongue. Kobe 2s are weird for a lot of reasons. They look oh, like no, what... I was talking about the Nike Kobe 2s. No, the Adidas Kobe 2s. No, get those the weird ones, things away from me. The ones that look like what people in the 80s thought futuristic cars would look like. Yes. Uh, the Co- the, hey, listen, the Kobe ones were pretty cool because they're now called the Crazy 8s. Um, after Kobe being number eight, but yeah, no, Crazy Eights are pretty dope too. Might try to get, my, I might break my non-Adidas pact for a pair of those. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so uh, that brings us to the last call. Let's kick that smooth jazz. And folks, I got a little bone to pick with some people. I'm not gonna name names. I'm not gonna call anybody out because that's not how I I call it the general public. Um, as you know, Kobe Bryant passed away, and he meant a lot to a lot of people. And unfortunately, when pe- famous people pass away, there are those people, I'm not going to name names, friends of mine, relatives of mine, or reporters, or coworkers, who, um, neighbors, doesn't matter. Could be some guy you pass on the street, you hear him talking about something on the gas station, doesn't matter. In a time like this, I urge people to understand that some people... Like losing Kobe Bryant is like my my best friend Chris said this perfectly. This guy's like an older brother to me. I've never seen this man cry in my life, and I I'd never seen him so stone faced. And he said it's like losing a loved one. For he idolized Kobe as a Lakers fan since like he was a little kid. I looked at Kobe as this person to aspire to have the attitude he had towards being competitive, and. Every basketball fan all over the world, even like Kevin who hated him on the court, respected him for what he did for basketball and who he was. Because he was one of the last, until like, you know, this new generation of guy killers came back, he was the last for a while, because, you know, LeBron's generation kind of got made the NBA soft, killers. Like, he would go in the game and intentionally try to make you, into, and he was going to beat you. And he told you he was going to beat you. And that is one thing I people should always respect about Kobe. And yes, I am referring to people bringing up the Colorado trial, which he was found not guilty. It was all cleared up. Everything was taken care of. Now, I heard, you know, so-and-so, I paid her all, who cares? 
if you know somebody is mourning, I'm all for freedom of speech here. But shut up. Nobody cares what little snide time you have to think. Respect the dead. At least for 72 hours. If I wake up tomorrow morning, I hear people talking smack about Kobe. I'm like, yeah, okay. You know what? It still hurts a little bit, but we we waited long enough. All right. To some people, Kobe Bryant was somebody they, they aspired to like look up to, like a family member. You know, maybe when we didn't know, but it's still somebody we like look to every day. And he was so in the public eye because he started in the public eye. Dad being a pro basketball player, drafted right out of high school. And, you know, you hear these stories of people went to Laura Marion with him, and they loved Kobe. Teammates, they loved Kobe. Media, they loved Kobe. A story I heard from uh, Dan Patrick when Shelly Smith had uh, cancer, and him, her and Kobe got one on the outs after the trial. When she came back from cancer on media day for the finals for the first time in years, um, Kobe walked up to her and wrapped his arm around her and asked her how she was doing and everything was okay. That's the kind of guy Kobe was. Not and at the end of the day, to all of us, Kobe was a, a like he was the, an alpha dog. He was a leader. He was somebody you aspire to be. So, to all those people who just don't have anything nice to say about Kobe Bryant, shut up. For other companies, you want to spew your BS? That's your freedom. It's the beauty of the First Amendment. But nobody cares the ne- about the negative opinion you have right now, especially when somebody's. Mad. I think it's just common decency. And when people say, no offense, I know you liked this person or you respected him, I know you're hurting, but my opinion is that's going to hurt your feelings. And usually I'm, I'm all for spewing your truth. If it offends me, I don't care. But in death, it's a little different. It's more respect for him, his legacy to the person you're talking to and everything else. And also, if you don't know, if you don't have all the facts... Don't start spewing BS. That's my last call. Kev, you got one more uh, nice little zinc, nice little uh, perfect dot on the eye here. I actually have two points. One of them is not the perfect dot on the eye, so I'm going to say it first. I know we talked a lot about Kobe this weekend, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have. But also, I just wanted to pay respects to the other seven victims. Exactly. Uh, John, Alyssa, and Carrie Altabelli. Christina Mauser, Peyton and Sarah Chester, and Ara Zobayan, 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 sorry. And um, I think our hearts go out to their families as well. Exactly. And also, final point, uh, Kobe Bryant met with the Alabama football team last season, and Nick Saban talked about something that he said. I knew I could never be perfect, but I was always closing the gap between where I was and perfect. I knew I could never get there, and it didn't matter. I always wanted to be the best. And I think that's just a great way to go through life, and uh, let's all try to live with a little Mamba mentality. Oh, yeah. A little Mamba mentality all day. All right, folks. uh, That about wraps it up for us today. Um, Great quote from Kobe Bryant right there. And uh, Kev, good reference, buddy. I like that a lot. No problem. That about wraps it up for us. I am Jared. That's my boy Kev. And uh, one last flag was fly for Kobe. And um, yeah, Mama Mentality Boys, we out. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.